<laughs> Wait, what? What'd you say? My favorite match was John Cena versus The Undertaker. I spent time with my family. I want to train I just sat by myself because I knew she was going to scare somebody. I had KFC. I stayed up until 7 in the morning playing video games. Anywho, that could do it here. So it's not just our school, there will be a ton of girls running. The goal of the program is to help the girls have an overall positive outlook on themselves and their goals for life. My affiliation with OSSB goes back long before I was even born. My grandparents attended OSSB, my parents, my sister and I, and now Alex. Well, fellas, it's been another great month. Another great month full of great and wonderful things. We're going to start things off with my class sharing what they did over their spring break. Mm. Have you ever seen a panther swim? <laughs> Me neither. We're going to be talking about swimming and forensics. And Latrell, you did what you do your interview on? I did my interview on Girls on the Run. We're going to be listening to Mrs. Fisher and Miss Parrish tell you about that program. And then we're going to come back to my classroom and take a trip down memory lane and look at some technology that was out there for the blind and visually impaired about 30 years ago. Steve Cusisco, a famous blind author. He wrote a book called Have Dog, Will Travel. The country of the month will be Brazil. We're going to listen to Jason talk about that. We're going to also be exploring some newer technology. Philippe, in his learning, is exploring the speech settings of the Chromebook. Our alumni focus for the month is Lady Miss Heather Leiderman. She's going to be talking to us, and we're going to have fun. All right, our June podcast will be our final podcast of the 2017-18 school year, and we look forward to having a blast. We're going to have a lot to cover next month. Like, I think we're going to interview Mr. Kelly. Oh, is that what we're going to do? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> and uh, we'll talk about the Swimming and Forensics Conference that's happening this weekend. And may the 4th be with you with our national annual walkathon. And uh, on May 20th, make sure you come on out and support those girls on the run. Those are just some of the things we'll be throwing your way. I hope you guys enjoy. Okay, welcome back. And uh, we got nine students up here in my fifth period class today. And we're going to talk, share a little bit about spring break. Uh, Troy, why don't you start us off? Okay. Well, last day of spring break for WrestleMania. Uh, my favorite match was John Cena versus The Undertaker. It was good to see The Undertaker come back. I'm glad that he won. He's 53 years of age. He really he is. Uh, we watched Saturday night's main event before WrestleMania. We had soup, beans, and cornbread for dinner on the last day, and we had pumpkin bread. Yes. Pumpkin bread. Leanne, you're up next. Um... What I did over spring break, I spent time with my family. I helped do dishes around the house. I picked up laundry. I went shopping with my family. We went to different stores and stuff. I watched TV. Um, Watch Pokemon? Yes. I figured. I did. Constance. Okay, so 
What I did over spring break was I went on the train ride, and like I said to you guys, uh, when I came back, my nephew's coming in two months. His name is Jackson. He'll be born on my pappy's birthday, which is June 18th, three days after my cousin Austin's birthday. Has, any of, has anybody else in here ever gone on a train ride? No. 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 Like, no. Well, yeah, but she's not here. Well, she's not, not here, here though. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about your experience on the train? So my experience on the train was really, really awesome. It was a scenic train, and, and they had the cafe car. Those windows are 70 pounds. Jeez. 70 pounds. And you can't open them unless it, it's an emergency. So that's how that's uh, really cool about the windows and how big they are. They have two uh, locomotives. We went 26 miles up and 26 miles back, so 12.52. And they picked my cousin Paige, painted the nursery with foxes, and she got a lot of stuff for her baby shower. Alyssa? Um, for my spring break, I went to go see a scary movie with my mom and my sisters. Because my dad doesn't like scary movies, so I think we all want to go see a scary movie. Huh. And so I didn't sit by my mom, even though she wanted me to sit by her. So I just sat by myself because I knew she was going to scare somebody, of course, after the movie. And so she scared Tori and Jada, which was really hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to my aunt's house when we got back home. So I got to see my cousin Donnie and my cousin Missy, of course. And then I went over to their house to help them like clean up the house a little bit. Okay, too. Oh, my my twin had work, so yeah, she had work. I had to help my dad clean outside and do some outside chores, uh. which I did not like to do. <laughs> I was talking to some of my friends on my phone. Uh, oh, and I also finished a couple of my shows on Netflix. So it was a pretty good weekend. What shows were those? Um, the Vampire Diaries. Um, I want to see that. Switched at Birth, and then um, Walking Dead. Oh yeah, and The Walking Dead. Shinzo. <laughs> okay. My uh, spring break before that Saturday of Easter, I had KFC. Ooh, KFC's really What'd good. you get? I got fried chicken, mm. mashed potatoes, uh. green beans, and kosher. Mm. I didn't and know they sold green beans at KFC. Yeah, they still have it. Yeah. On Easter, we dressed up. Every year we dress up for Thanksgiving, Easter, and Christmas. Oh, that's nice. What do you wear for Easter? I wear a dress. I did too. Do you guys do like uh, family pictures? Yes, oh, we okay. do. We do family pictures. We do Easter egg. We cut the Easter eggs. Oh, cool. We do that. We did that the thirtieth of month. My mom did this little thing with um. Where you can get the egg out easily. Yeah, and she uh, That's good. she did this um whipped cream with different colors. Oh, fun. Yeah, and it was easy for me. That's good. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Bivin, 
I stayed up until 7 in the morning playing video games on my PlayStation 4. What'd you play on uh, the video games? WWE 2K18. I love that game. I have that. That's a really cool game. Mm-hmm. My brother likes staying up till 5 o'clock. Now, did you stay up till 7 o'clock in the morning every night? <laughs> if I had enough energy. Well, you better not let your health teacher hear this, huh? No. <laughs> yes. Described eight hours of sleep. And Byron is sort of new on the podcast, and he is one of our seniors who will be graduating this year. Right, Byron? Yep. Are you excited about that? Yes. Do you have big plans after graduation this year? Actually, doing the step program. Okay, coming back, doing the step program. Very good. That's what's up. Did you watch WrestleMania? What was your favorite match? Hmm. Did you not like something that you liked? (laughs) Undertaker (laughs) beating John Cena in two minutes and forty-five seconds. Yeah, that's how short. Which I found hilarious. (laughs) Who's on your left? Hey, Zach, you're up. Anywho, that could do to me here. Over to my spring break, I hang out with my uh, my grandma. And my grandma's, my cousins were there. We had a lot of fun. Um, coloring Easter eggs, um, playing play the Wii downstairs. We, we, we played Kirby. Me and Logan were um, playing on my uh, Switch. And uh, me and Logan were playing on my iPad watching YouTube. <laughs> Alright, and <laughs> who is on your left? Okay, so I actually got the experience of babysitting my little nephew while my sister went to do some errands. Um, it was It was a good experience for me. I mean... The hard part was he wouldn't stop crying. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the hard part about babies. Yes. yes. And, but my only favorite thing about spring break was not only watching Christian, but I called Bryce for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Birthday boy. So, yeah, that's what I did over spring break. And speaking of Bryce, who's to your left? Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> You're up. <laughs> on Thursday, I decided to work on... A little slideshow with my using iMovie, but apparently didn't want to upload anywhere for some reason. I got Arby's. Oh yeah. Like, oh, Arby's um, are really good. Um, yeah. Roast yeah. beef, and uh, um, Grandma got like a Reuben. Yeah. <laughs> and oh yeah, on Saturday I liked it because. I was playing music with my transmitter and playing the flying disc toy. The first time I did it, I uh, I stood up one of the times I hit the chandelier and it made a loud sound. <laughs> I thought I better sit down and shoot it so I know the dad was sleeping too. <laughs> did I wake your... No, well, hey, luckily he didn't come down and then... <laughs> but... I decided to have videos and pictures of it so I could upload it. I made, I called it playing with my flying disc on YouTube. That's what I called the video. So it sounds like everybody had a nice and relaxing spring break. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in time to come back for winter. 
Oh, yay. Winter Shard Battle Hearts is not my favorite thing. I'm telling you. Especially on Bryce's birthday. It seems like when the groundhog like doesn't see a shadow and there's six more weeks, I feel like he's he's teasing us. Like he's saying, oh, we're, no, we're going to have one more month of winter, which will be April, and then May, it'll be warm again. Mother Nature's trying to... Yeah, Mother Nature's trying to get a hold of us. The weather patterns go in cycles, and it depends on... It depends. Depends on, on the Gulf Stream, and it yeah. depends on the jet stream. Oh, uh, Okay, and which way those currents are, are moving and how much moisture is in the air. Here we are at Indiana at another forensics and uh, swimming meet. And I'm here with one of our Star Panther swimmers, Cameron Conan. How you doing, Cameron? I want to die. All right. So was the water that bad today? Yes. What? Yes, cool. Wait, what did you say? So was the water uh, hot today? It wasn't really hot, but it was warmer than it usually is. So, how'd you do today? What, what, what are your events? Uh, I just do 100 freestyle, 100 backstroke. How are you feeling about the overall team? They're, they're all good people, and I appreciate their company. Mm-hmm. All right, and we also have Sophia for forensics. Sophia, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm lovely. How are you? I'm, I'm good, good. How was your uh, piece? What, what was your piece? My piece is... a story called I'll Always Know Where You Are by Mariah Olsen. Mm-hmm. I'm basically... Yes. You haven't heard it yet, have you? I'm just looking. Oh, okay, go ahead. Um, it basically sheds light on the horror of abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. May I ask any of you if you've had a Gatorade today? Yeah. Yeah. I had a water. Why? I was just wondering. Get, go get a Gatorade out of the cooler. I did. <gasps> you stripped them! <laughs> oh my god! No, I watched. You did what? Wow. <laughs> she drugged them? Wow. Uh, all right, this podcast is over. Goodbye. You're a horrible person. Hello, welcome back. This is Latrell. This segment of the podcast, I will be talking with Mrs. Fisher and Mrs. Parrish. We'll be talking about this new after-school program for girls called Girls on the Run. Hi, how you doing today, guys? Well, thank you. How are you? I'm fine. What can you tell me about Girls on the Run? Girls on the Run is a program designed for middle school and high school girls and we meet two days a week after school and we are practicing and training to run a 5k in the spring. But in addition to running, we also do a lot of lessons on empowerment and self-esteem and different things um, about being a girl. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So, how do you condition to run a five k? Because that's a lot. That's a that's a lot of running right there. Um, a five k is just a little over three miles. So we start um, really slow with just um, timed runs. Um, as our training goes, eight weeks. I think so. Um, and so over the eight weeks, we increase the t- amount of time that we run. And before the race on May twentieth, we try to hit the five k um, at least one time. Um, to make sure the girls are ready. Now, how many girls do you have running this 5K? <laughs> Eight. Okay. Is it just like for the local kids at OSSB or is it like nationwide for Columbus? That is a very good question. This program is actually nationwide, but the 5K will be um, filled with girls from all over central Ohio. So it's not just our school. There will be a ton of girls running. Last year was a record-breaking year. And on our team here, we actually have one girl from Whetstone who is also part of our team. 
Okay, that's cool. So what is the end goal for this Girls on the Run thing? I know you talked about to boost girls' self-esteem and stuff like that, but um, anything besides that? Um, I think the goal of the program is to help the girls have an overall positive outlook on themselves and their goals for life um, and just to maintain a healthy lifestyle because um, if your body works better, then your mind works better. And so that's part of what we're working towards. Um, also, it's a partnership. Um, the really unique thing about the OSSB Girls on the Run program is that um, all of the girls are paired with a human guide. So as they participate in the program, they have an adult um, that they can talk to and kind of process all of the um, self-esteem lessons that we work on. And it's a good good way to have a mentor um, kind of work through life with you. Well, that's cool. It's very interesting. Now, how can I be a supporter of Girls on the Run? That is also an excellent question. We are looking for a ton of people to come out on May 20th to come and support our girls. We will be running at the Columbus Commons downtown. The run begins at 9.30, and it's a Sunday morning. So anybody is welcome to come out and cheer. Um, it's always fun to have a lot of supporters in the stands for us. Also, on May 2nd, if you dine at any Chipotle in Columbus, um, you can mention Girls on the Run, and 50% of your order will go back and benefit Girls on the Run, which helps supply things like shoes, um, curriculum, the race itself, and other different areas that the girls might need. So that funding is very important for that. That's awesome. Okay, well, thanks for your time. That pretty much wraps it up. Do you have anything else that you'd like to tell us about Girls on the Run? I just wanted to maybe add that Girls on the Run is just as important for the staff as it is for the students because we're able to participate in something positive um, that helps build up the girls, um, and we really appreciate that opportunity. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at technology from 30 years ago. Ooh. Yeah, man. We had technology 30 years ago? Yep. Miss Mandy <laughs> brought some technology out from her school that they had boxed up, put away in a closet somewhere. Mm -hmm. She wanted to see if it still worked. So I brought it to the expert. Who do you think that is? Me. Yeah, I was going to say Andre. Let's see if you can make everything work because Mr. Kelly can. All right, so we have an old brown oak classic. Copyright 1986 to 2005 by Peace on CD version 6.11. 6.11. Um, we have no, an old slate and stylus. No, no. An old slate no. and stylus, which is, you know, I don't even know how old this slate and stylus is. I should look is. that up. I know how to use one. That cassette recorder's on your desk, Mr. Kelly. Yeah, the handy cassette. Yeah. We'll show you that. And then Where's down that? just a little. Yeah, I'll Andre. All right, now here's the one you got to see. Let me turn it on. <laughs> you remember Lost those? Alright. Right. It's a uh, braille input, speech output. Oh my. And that's the that's as good as the voice gets. Like if you, you press serious? you press AR space, AR chord. Now, dot one and dot four controls the volume. Two and five controls the. 
faster. Yeah, five is faster, right? And then six. Can you speed up the keep up, 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 now, he's trying to press on a 5-6 space. I think you can do different configurations. Yeah, you got five different voices, but they're all the same. What? That's what you got. It was that old synthesizer. Ain't nothing different about this. Nope. You can have different configurations of that voice. So oh. You have a really high voice. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. But it's going to sound like that robot all the time. Yeah, it does. Wow. So what does it do? Uh, what does it do? Uh, so it's like you take notes on it. Oh, okay. You braille in and it reads it back to you. And it's smaller too. Yeah. And you can hook it up. There's two ports, the eight pen dim ports on the side, left side, and hook it up to a printer. That's a good question. Andre, where's your braille mode? That's a good question. Mr. Kelly, where's your braille? Hey, take an earphone port. That's right. So who owes that 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 braille voice thingy or Mr. Kelly? No, I'm over. (laughs) This came out the first Braille Street came out in nineteen eighty seven. This wow. was probably about 1990 or 91. It doesn't even have the uh, dumb keys on it. No, because there's no display. You don't need them. It's no display. But see, the same concepts, like how do you go to the top five on a braille note? Or Space L? Yeah. Same thing on that. Now, so you're trying to go to the main menu, and that's yeah. what that's doing. It's smart. Yeah, oh, Andre, did I hear you say that? Nah, that was that was the trail. <laughs> <laughs> so, if, if all six dots of the space bar would do a warm reset. Kelly, what are we doing? Why this for the podcast? That's recording right now, so. Oh. <clears throat> I'll continue. Search. That's all Mr. Kelly gets. You ain't even going to tell us what you're doing. Tell me what this is going to be the authentic portion of the podcast. So, this old school joint. So, is there no main with you? Huh? Yeah, now if you want to go to the file menu, you go to, you go to your options menu. Options. Oh, okay, you got a calculator type? Yep. What's that one? You, can you go backwards? Yeah, it's dot one space. Oh, smart calendar. Execute program. There used to be programs like they had a checkbook program. They had all these different. I don't even remember what all they had now, but gosh, there was a lot of them. And then if you want to open that up, just O space, and it'll open it up. Did you find anything, Miss Mandy? No, I'm so, I've never done this before, and so I found Google. Let me try uh, B space is backspace. And it says the character before the one you erase. Right. Trey, I want you to see if you can understand this. C space. C space reads? Yep, current, current line. Go, I need to know, go on the trip. Long, long trip? 
Do a G, yeah, do a G space again. There you go. Moon trip. All right. This this is more familiar with what you're used to working with, but mainly what you want to look at with the sole Braille note. There are no USB ports. There's a serial port. So how would you print? Well, the printers back then didn't have USB ports either. But there's a long port on the right. It's called a parallel port. The difference between serial and parallel is with serial, data can flow in both directions, to and from. And then with parallel, it's going in one direction. All right, you're sending it from one device to another. There's no back and forth. It's, only, it's a one-way highway. It had a modem on the back. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. It's what you hook a phone line to to call out. You know, get on the internet. You did it through your phone line, and it was slow. Oh, um, Mr. Slow. Kelly, what's a phone line? Yeah. <laughs> it's a wire that comes out of the wall that connects you with the world. <laughs> now, you got to see this slate and stylus. No. No, this, I have never seen one like this. This is older than... Yeah, we don't know how old it is. I'm trying to find it. It's got... Before internet. No, it's got the board... It's got a slate board, but it's got two slates on top of the board that you can move up and down. And it's got the stylus hooked to it. Now this one doesn't punch the wow. doesn't punch it out the back. It the stylus is hollow, and each of the dots are raised on the on the slate. So it pushes the paper down and the it, when it pushes the paper down, it pushes it down on those raised cells. So whichever dot you push, it pushes the paper down on that dot, which comes through the paper. I actually don't think I know well, well enough to do that. Yeah, you do. It's just slow. I mean, it's, it's a lot slower. Um, but I still use a slate. If I'm doing projects, you know, like woodworking or something like that, and I'm measuring and I need to write it down. I don't want to mess up my braille display with sawdust or whatever, so I just slate and stylus and write it down, or I use it to like label boards or whatever too, because sometimes I want to do all my cutting first, <clears throat> get all that done, then put everything together. Yeah, I'm writing my name. I think. All right, so <laughs> dots one, two, three is on the right side of the little square. Yeah. Try to do it like what you would think it's it's backwards from a regular slate. Yeah, it, no. Yeah. So one, two, three was on the left, four, five, six is on the right. I think I said it backwards the first time. Because that's how we know slate and stylus. Yeah. Yeah. You can use the A and D sign. You can do that? You can do you can do it. You're making the dots. Yeah, you're making the dots. I think I just, I think and then you can open that up once you're done and feel your braille that you did. That's pretty cool. And then the other thing we got is, is a is a cassette recorder. You ever seen a cassette before? I've seen a pack. What up, man? What was it called? A walkman. Yeah, this is what it basically what it is. All right. So who wants to see my name? Because this was wrong. Look, Latrell. That says Andre right there. 
Uh, it looked like it says. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's the rechargeable. I say no, I did not know that. Yeah, see, I, I use one of these in college. Okay. I had a Braille and speak and a handy cassette. It's okay, I didn't do it right now. <laughs> what you got? This is the tape player. Did you sleep when you were in college? Did I sleep? Yeah, I mean, oh because of the amount yeah. of reading and everything that there was to do, did it take longer? I used to listen to everything on tape, oh. which, you know, was horrific because... A couple of reasons. I, I lost some, some reading and writing ability in those four years. You know, spelling and because like they that. just thought that was easier. That's the yeah. accommodation they gave you. Yeah, that's all there was. I mean, oh, you know, we had textbooks weren't in no, Braille. No, no, no. Yeah. What a fifteen, sixteen cents per second. Oh, oh, oh. That's supposed to be that. That is scary. With four track recording. Uh, I know, it? The and there's there a button to click. Who talks like that? Do you have an instructor that talks like that? Got a couple. The first college math class I took, I had a professor that kept talking about empathy, empathy, empathy. And I, yeah, and I'm thinking I'm in a math class and he's talking about empathy. I'm like, I am in trouble because I have no clue what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, he had a very heavy accent and he was actually saying it only took a day to figure this out. Empty. Em- empathy set. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Next up, we'll listen to Steve Q. Sisko, a famous author of Have Dog Will Travel and Planet of the Blind and much more. Talk to students and staff at the Ohio State School for the Blind. When he was doing these funny impressions of the voices. Oh, that was funny. Oh, my God. It was just hilarious. <laughs> People said he, oh, he can't do that. He had humor about it. I thought that was really cool. 
No, I do, but you're sending people to say, oh my God, I'm wearing one deep purple sock and one white sock. How did I do that? Right? Or I'm wearing two different shoes. Uh, and I, you know, they, they, they'll come up and say that, and I say, yeah, blind people never do that. Nothing made up funny. No, certain things. You want to get out like this would be a really good business, like a startup. You know, like we could do this and, and we could do it digitally, like it could be like you know Uber or something. It would be for sighted people who need blind help. Yeah, you know, we'd show up and help them figure it out. Yeah, I think so. Like we know all about equipment without looking. We don't rock this stuff. You know, like, we're the people you want when the power goes out. <laughs> I mean, Alright, in OSSB, we're always learning new technology, and right now, Philippe is exploring. Go ahead, Philippe. Tell us what you're doing. I'm exploring the Chromebook, and this is how it sounds when you turn the speech um, all the way up to its highest point. So, Chromebox, your Chromebox keys and semicolon and quote, they change your pitch, and the left and right brackets change your speed with Chromebox key. I would get that pitch down where you can understand it. One more time, though, for the podcast. <laughs> Come on, Philippe, make it talk one more time. Our country of the month is Brazil. Let's take a trip down the Amazon and discover what our students learned about the Brazilian culture. Hello, this is Jason, and today I'm going to be reading some facts about Brazil. Brazil is the largest country in South America. The name Brazil comes from a tree named Brazil wood. It is called Brazil, Brazil in Portuguese, the official language spoken in Brazil. Brazil is the only country in South America that speaks Portuguese. Portugal claimed the land of Brazil in the year 1500. Independence was declared in 1822. Brazil is the fifth largest country in the world by both land area and population. The population in 2012 was around 194 million people. The capital city is Brasilia, while the largest city is Sao Paulo. Other major cities include Rio de Janeiro, Salvador, and Fortaleza. In Brazil, they drive on the right-hand side of the road. Brazil has a large coastline on the eastern side of South America, stretching 7,491 kilometers, or 4,655 miles in length. Brazil shares a border with all South American countries except for Chile and Ecuador. Brazil covers three time zones. Brazil has one of the largest economies in the world. Brazil is one of the 77 founding members in the United Nations. The Amazon River flows through Brazil. It is the second longest river in the world after the Nile. 
Around 60% of the Amazon rainforest is located in Brazil. The climate in the majority of Brazil is tropical. Brazil is home to a wide range of animals including armadillo, tapirs, jaguars, and pumas. Human activities such as logging, mining, fishing, and agriculture are important to the Brazilian economy but are also a serious threat to Brazil's diverse environment. Millions of tourists visit Brazil every year. There are around 2,500 airports in Brazil. Football, or soccer, in Brazil or in America is the most popular sport in Brazil with the national team consistently among the best in the world winning the World Cup a record five times. Here we are with our alumni focus for the month. Miss Heather Leiterman, how are you doing today? I'm good. All right, this is Andre and Mr. Kelly. So can I ask, how long have you been a part of the OSSB family? My affiliation with OSSB goes back long before I was even born. My grandparents attended OSSB, mm-hmm. my parents, my sister and I, and now Alex. He'll be the fourth generation in our family to graduate. Very impressive. So what are some of your titles now? Mom. <laughs> I'm vice president of the Capital Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind. I think right now that's all for titles. Can I ask, what is the National Federation for the Blind? The National Federation of the Blind is this country's largest and oldest organization of blind people. They do advocacy work, outreach, tons of great stuff. Mm. Let's go back to OSSB, your fourth generation, so you've got a lot of history here with the school. What was your time frame as a student? I started in April of 1990 and graduated in June of 1993. Okay. I actually remember you. So I've known, I've known Ms. Leiterman from way back <laughs> because I did some early field work in music education with Susan Bratton. Mm-hmm. And there's little Heather in the handbell <laughs> choir. And what else, you did handbell choir and piano, I think. Yes. And, and vocal music as well, right? Yes, I did. So what was OSSB like from 1990 to 93? And I know it's a broad... That is a broad question. It is very broad, but like a typical day at OSSB from... Did you stay here? Were you residential or did you I, go home? I was a commuter day? student, so I came every day, went home every night. Typical day, probably a lot like it is today. Mm-hmm. Started off first period with choir. And I was down there in the, I was down there in the what we call the old multi-purpose room. Now I'm not even sure if we're using it. The big room with the little stage. Yes. Down there in the elementary hallway. Yes. English with Mrs. Wilson. Yeah. French with Diane Tilton Maurer. Science with either Mr. Butler or Mrs. Kaler. And back to music, in the afternoons. Did you participate in any after-school activities? I did. I participated in cheerleading. Mm-hmm. Swimming and forensics. Yeah. That's Annie Tolles coaching cheerleading back then, right? Uh, Stephanie Phillips. Ah, Stephanie Phillips. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So what did you go on to do right after high school? What uh, right. Your, what were your plans and goals? <laughs> My plans were to attend either Ohio State or Bowling Green. 
and get a degree in education. Mm -hmm. But I had my first son. So I spent a semester in college, and it was just a little bit too rough. So I decided to stay home and raise my family. But you came back to OSSB. I did. I came back in November of 2000 and took a job as the parent mentor. I was here from 2000 to January of 05. Five years. Mm -hmm. It all runs together in my brain after a while. (laughs) And uh, when did you become involved with NFB? I became involved in the National Federation of the Blind in 2000. We were living in Virginia, and their convention was in the town we were living in, Fredericksburg. So, um, and my husband was a longtime federationist. He'd been a national scholarship winner, you know. So he introduced me and Alex to the federation, and we've been members ever since. And do you participate on the national level? I do. I attend Washington Seminar each January. We go on up to, I should say, Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. And we usually bring three pieces of legislation that we feel will better the lives of the nation's blind. We have had a big success. Usually there's not a piece of legislation that we ever bring that doesn't get passed. So what's it like going to Capitol Hill? The first time I went, it was, it's an incredible experience meeting, you know, over a thousand other blind people from all over the country who believe the same thing as you, that things for the nation's blind need to change. And the only way that change is going to happen is if we, as the nation's blind, stand up and make that change happen. So we try to go in groups and you see your um, state representatives. And uh, it's I never realized until my first Washington seminar how large the Capitol Hill complex was. It's, what, I think five buildings? It's, it's tremendous. It is huge. And, you, and you're walking the whole day. Yeah, or you can take that little train thing. Did you guys get to do that? No. It's, I've taken kids over there for a close-up. I've done that four or five years. And uh, you can go underneath, and there's a there's a little train that goes from building to building, which I don't know who has access to that and who doesn't, but it is it is tremendous. Do you get to go in and talk to the whole committee at all? Or just, no. Okay. Usually we just see our representatives and talk to them about our legislation. Um, my favorite was the Affordable Accessible Technology Act, and we're working on getting that passed so that when a blind person has to purchase a piece of adaptive tech, such as JAWS or a note taker, mm-hmm. out of their own pocket, you can get up to a $3,000 tax credit. Wow. That's that impressive. Would, that, yeah. yep, that is, I've heard a little bit about that. But for my business, it really can make a dent. Um, so oh, I'm sure. I would be loving a $3,000 <laughs> tax credit. Yeah. <laughs> So, Mrs. Leiterman, you said your family um, has gone to OSSB for at least four generations, correct? Yes. So, I'm assuming that <laughs> there's a lot of visual impairment. Yes. And can I ask, what is it? That's Why are you visually impaired? What is your I, condition? I was born with bilateral congenital cataracts mm-hmm. with 
post-surgical glaucoma of aphakia. What's that mean in layman's terms? In layman's terms, the cataracts um, are almost like a curtain, Mm -hmm. if you will, over your eyes. Um, But with congenital cataracts, they're much more dense than the cataracts you get as an older person. Mm -hmm. So they can't just laser them off. The best way to do it is to also remove your eye's lens. That causes a whole bunch of problems all in itself. And the glaucoma is not uncommon with cataracts. And that puts uh, your optic nerve can't quite filter out all the fluids from your eye like it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. So your pressures go up, they go down, you know, and pain accordingly to up or down. So how much sight do you have, if any? Right now I have light perception Mm -hmm. and some large object perception. My world is basically in light, dark, and blobs. Mm -hmm. I can't see real definition to anything. But you had you had more vision when you were younger, if I remember right. I did actually. When I was younger, I was around twenty over two hundred, right. and That's what I thought. just before starting here at OSSB as their parent mentor, I had just gotten my bioptic driving license. That's right. Yes, I remember that now. Did you keep them? Do you still have them? Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so your visually impairment. How did that uh, affect you after high school? Um. What were some of the challenges you had to face? Transportation Mm -hmm. is a huge challenge. Parenting my children was a big challenge. A lot of people did not think I could be an effective parent because I couldn't see as well as my sighted peers. And yeah, that was what I was going to ask you, Heather. If it was, if it was either, it's not the parenting itself; it's the mindset of other people. It is right. It is. Yeah, I run into that a little bit myself. And my mother always told me, you need to do your life. You you have to do things twice as, you know, work twice as hard to get the same results and tear down bias and stereotypes. And I've worked really hard to do that. So I'm sure that you had your children involved in as many community activities as possible. We did a little bit of soccer and Girl Scouts and Cub Scouts. Um, but other than that, they they were happiest when they were participating in activities that they did here at the school gotcha. once they were students. For me, anyway, to break down those barriers is to be out and be visible. So they learn how I do things with my kids. Right. My kids will check in with me every 10 to 20 minutes, like when we go to scouts, and it's kind of open time, free time, because since they were born – you know, if ingrained into them, I always have to know where you are. Mm-hmm. Because until you're 18 years old, I'm responsible for your actions. And if I don't know where you are, I don't know what you're doing. And you might be doing something that I don't want to be responsible for. Or you might be doing something great that I really want to be responsible <laughs> yes. for, right? So in either case, you know, we've established that rule of you're checking in with me. And, you know, I get people all the time, how do you get your kids to do that? You know, I have to chase my kids down. I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm the parent. And this is something that I've set up from day one. My kids wore bells on their shoes until they went to kindergarten. <laughs> just so that, that I knew where they were at all times. Yeah, I did that with both of my boys <laughs> for a while. Um, just to know, I, you know, and I've had people say, you need to put your kids on leashes and da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. They're going to hold my hand. You know? Yeah. The point there was, 
they have to learn self-control and they have to you know learn how to control their little kid impulsive behaviors yeah hey look there's a ball across the street let me run get it <laughs> not a good idea uh, no so um you've got those three roles of a student a parent mentor and now mom mm-hmm. and what what keeps you busy i do a lot with the federation last week or two weeks ago we just had legislative day in columbus so we got probably about 30 federationists and four students from OSSB came with us. Okay. We presented state legislature, legislation to them, a Blind Parents Bill of Rights, a Service Animal Act, and a pharmaceutical bill. You were there. Yeah, yeah. I was. So, and so far we've had um, all of those bills that we did um, all have sponsors. And some of them have co-sponsors, and one's about to go out of the House and into the Senate. That's great. So we're making progress. What's going on with the service animals right now? I've been hearing a lot of things. Right now, we are trying to make Ohio um, more in line with the Americans with Disabilities Act. We want more definition between service, legitimate service animals and emotional support animals more laws for people that pass their pets off as a fake service animal. That's really hitting the airline industries. Uh, Yes. That's where I've heard about this coming up. Delta tried to make new policy for their service dogs that just seemed kind of onerous. And uh, Didn't they say you had to register your service animal... You know, 48 two, hours before a flight. Yeah, two days yep. before you. Yeah. On their website, which are we sure it's going to be accessible? And what happens if I get a call from my daughter in New York State and she needs me to right get on now. a plane tonight? Yeah, right. Now. I don't have time for that mess. Luckily, through the Federation, they've seen the error of their ways and it is now an optional to register your dog. I hope that these. Bills are turned into laws, and this stuff passes through. Are we looking at transportation in Columbus with Coda buses? Are we doing anything with that? Right now, some of our federationists in the Capitol chapter were just interviewed by Mike Jackson from Channel 4, and he's doing a piece that should air during Sweeps Week about the problems that we have with the paratransit system and the bus system in general. And what we face. I think Columbus's goal was to be a smart city. And I think CODA can tap into that a, a little bit. Well, I was hoping since they got that, was it $150 million smart grant? Right. Um, one of the things the Federation does at our state conventions is there's a gentleman that comes in and puts Bluetooth beacons all over the hotel that we're going to be at. Okay. And... All you have to do is download his app with your smartphone. It's completely free, and it'll tell you um, there's a ladies' room 10 feet to your right. So you know where it is. So put a Bluetooth beacon on a bus stop. Right, right. And I'm sure the cost is nominal. (laughs) You know what I want the Federation to do for me? What's that? I want my bus stop back in Graceland Shopping Center. (laughs) (laughs) Coda is forcing me to be active and walk to work. (laughs) Oh, Coda. (laughs) So what else do we need to know? 
So you seem like a really busy woman. <laughs> what, what do you do for fun? What are some of your hobbies? For fun. Um, I love to binge watch Netflix. <laughs> That's that's my favorite, um, and I'm lucky I have a couch potato guide dog that when we're at home and harness is off, he likes to snuggle up and watch Netflix, too. I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, music has always been important to me, so I've constantly got my earbuds in mm. um, and involved in my kids' lives. And I'm taking a Braille class. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> are you didn't... Doing, are you doing that through Hadley or somewhere else? No, uh, OOD. And the National Federation of the Blind, OOD, asked a bunch of different organizations to write grants. Mm-hmm. Marianne Denning and Debbie Baker yeah. wrote a grant for adult Braille literacy for people that had never, either never had Braille or only had a, I don't know, slight introduction to Braille. Just a, just a smattering of dots. Yeah. I got you. And, you know, I had, my, my parents are both proficient Braille readers. The administration's feeling at the time when I was in school here was she has very good vision. She needs to use the vision that she's got. Mm -hmm. And my mother said, but what if she does have glaucoma? What if the worst happens? Well, if it happens, it's years down the line, she needs to read print. Well, when I was 29, it happened. And And I was effectively illiterate. Which well, bothered me. You'll be glad to know that that's one positive change that has happened here is if uh, someone has a, an eye condition that is unstable, uh, that could degradate over time, they have that option of, of taking Braille. And we have a lot of kids taking advantage of that, um, especially yeah. at the junior high and high school level. Uh, they get involved and, you know, Robin Finley is our dedicated <laughs> Braille teacher. Happy knee replacement to you. God bless folks. Robin. Yeah, she, she does a great job. Yeah. We're wishing her a speedy recovery. She had a knee replaced. But talk Ouch. about the Braille class a little bit because I'm interested to know how it's done and what the turnaround is like. Do you meet face-to-face? Is it through the mail? Is it are you using you know, some Braille editor and emailing files back and forth? Actually... We met, they had four separate class dates. They're getting ready to do one in Cleveland, but I was in Toledo. And um, you get, it's a crash course. You're there with them for a day and a half. And you, you know, you start with the basics, trailing lines, and then it slowly, you know, introducing the alphabet. I have letters A through J now, Uh, the ellipses, the number sign, and the dot six, the period. Okay. So, or well, Kathleen. Gotcha. Yes. Well, if so, you know A through J, you know the whole alphabet. And everybody said from now, it's just adding a three. Yeah, you add a three for uh, K through T. Mm-hmm. And then so U through Z, you add a six, and W is the odd one out. That's the reverse R, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've never you, learned that's that. That's not how you think about Braille. It's not backwards this. You learn the dots. <laughs> <clears throat> Never learned I'm it trying. that way. That is so interesting. Yeah. So I'm old school. It's like, okay, you know, you can't think of it that way because you, you're you going to have reversals anyway. So if you learn the dots, if you learn that a W is 2, 4, 5, 6, you're always going to know it's a W because you know it's 2, 4, 5, 6. Mm-hmm. But if you, I mean, it's a backwards R. What the, you know, or the the is a backwards N or whatever. It, it's just, 
I think it would be more confusing to learn it that way. So once you get that crash course, you're kind of on your own? Or? Um, well, not really. I, um, do you get a mentor? I do have a mentor. I have a certified Braille instructor. We meet twice a week over the phone. Uh-huh. And I also have a Braille mentor who's just another person that has been working with Braille a lot longer. Okay. I can take my time with this, go at my pace. Um, my only timeline is I have to take and pass with at least an 80% a Braille exam by September 30th. Okay. Or I have to turn in all my little goodies that they gave me. I think you can do it. Oh, I think I can do yeah. it too. Well, thank you, Ms. Leiterman. Sure. Well, thank you, Ms. Letterman. <laughs> thank you for having me. So, this is for the podcast. How you doing, Ms. Hunts? <laughs> this is here at Senior Dinner. We're 2018. It's beautiful. Can you tell us what the theme is tonight? The theme is medieval. Medieval? Yes. So, what did you guys have? We had herbed leg of chicken. Mm-hmm. We had herbed pork roast. We had honey glazed carrots. Uh, fresh green beans. Mm-hmm. Roasted root vegetables. Mm-hmm. We had... Hang on, Sam. We had, uh, let's see, oh, roasted potatoes. Okay. Mm-hmm. We had a fruit tart and poached pears for dessert. And if I must say, that fruit tart was very great, very excellent. That so, was, yeah, they, they did a very nice job on that. How long did it take to get all this set up? It took us, we started cooking yesterday and we wrapped it up this afternoon. The mm-hmm. shopping took, it's, it's probably taken about a week to pull everything. So, what medieval drink did we have? We had ale, ginger ale. Uh, right, don't you mean ginger ale? Yes, ginger of ale. Course. And we even have our own personal king, queen, and wizard, correct? That is yes. very and true. That, and drunken wizard oh, ogre. Yes. Drunken wizard, wizard ogre. And they're battling to the death over there. And yeah, let's go get a sneak peek of no, this. No, and, and, you, and you have your standard ogre. Mm-hmm. I'm the standard ogre. How you doing, standard ogre? Good. Are you leaving? Yeah, he's leaving. Okay. Oh, okay. Allow me. Oh. That, that was the wizard. The wizard is going? The wizard and the king are currently battling. Bring it. That oh. was the wizard killing the king, who finds it hilarious, by the way. But she is still killing the king. Okay? And the queen is standing by cheering, going, yay, I'm so glad it's over. Yay. And that's this month's senior dinner. There will be a lot of things happening next month. Some things to look forward to on May 4th in the afternoon. We'll have the walkathon. Our elementary students will be going to the Columbus Zoo. Our spring concert will be May 10th. And don't miss May 15th. If you're in the Cleveland area, check out our OSSB Marching Panther Band at the Cedar Point Parade. We'll have our day track meet as well on May 15th. We'll have our ILS Bake Off on May 16th. The Elementary Art Festival will be May 17th. Our junior high will be going on an adventure trip. We'll also be going back to Huntington Park to see a Clippers baseball game. Our STEP program will be graduating on May 18th. May 20th, come out and support our girls on the run as they will be running their 5K at the Columbus Commons downtown. We'll have our Music Awards Night May 23rd at 7 p.m. We'll have our APE track meet on May 24th. Our high school awards assembly will be on May 24th. Graduation will be on May 25th. Our Lions Club field day will be May 29th. 
I'm having our, an award assembly for elementary students May 30th, and our last day of school will be on May 30th. But staff, don't forget, you have to come to school on May 31st. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this month's podcast. We really had lots of fun bringing it to you. I had a great time. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> the music was brought to you by Garage Band, Mr. Kelly and Zach. We like to call it our little studio. Yeah, and uh, Andre and Latrell are starting to get up to speed on the garage band. We would like to thank everyone who lent their talents, voices, and skills to this month's podcast. It would not be. Could not be. What it is. Without you. <laughs> See you guys next month for our end of the year podcast.